occult crimes, paranormal investigations, urban legends, and strange happenings. Welcome to Myths, Magic, and Murder. Hey, welcome back to Myths, Magic, and Murder. This is episode 36. I'm Abby. I'm Kate. We'll be your ghostesses on this great day. This stinky day. It's a day. It literally stinks outside of where we live. Yes, it does. The farmer's field have been fertilized. You know what that means. Stinky day. Close the windows, boys. <laughs> it's boiling inside, but it's better than the stench out there. Thank you for 8,000 downloads. That's pretty exciting. Whoop, whoop. Y- you specifically are carrying us along. You one person listening right now. It's you. Thank you for listening 8,000 times. <laughs> it's me 8,000 times. <laughs> what are you talking about today, Kate? I'm talking about Terrar, a bizarre Frenchman. Lovely. That was a request, right? Yes. Yes, it was. I'm excited to hear about the bizarre Frenchman. Oh, man. His Wikipedia had me actually cracking up, so I hope you enjoy it as well. I think I will. I'm talking about the Branch Davidians, which is a cult. Oh, cool. Nice. Love a good cult. Not literally, obviously. Please don't start a cult. And if you do, don't involve us. Would anybody like... I'm joking. (laughs) All right. We got anything else to talk about before we get straight into it? No, I think you just just get right into it. <laughs> okay, so today I'm talking about the Branch Davidians, who were a religious sect that are often referred to as a cult by many people, including ex-members. Mm-hmm. A small content warning, obviously, like talking about death and cult activities, but there's also some mention of child abuse, but it's not graphic, just okay. so you're aware. Cool. My sources are Time, Wikipedia. Time. <laughs> time itself. I looked at the clock and it gave me the answer. <laughs> the newspaper. Britannica, Vox.com, New Yorker, ABC News, and NYTimes.net. So this story starts in 1929, when a man called Victor Hutev was a Bulgarian immigrant, and he was a school teacher at the Seventh-day Adventist School Church, which is a mouthful. Mm-hmm. If you're not familiar with the Seventh-day Adventism, it's basically part of the Protestant Christian denomination, where their Sabbath day is Saturday and they're super adamant that there's going to be a second coming of Christ, basically. If you're not familiar with the Seventh-day Adventism, then get with it. Get with the program. Come on, people. (laughs) Well, I know more religion stuff, I guess. Yeah, I know very little. So Victor told the entire church that he had a message for them and he wanted a reform. But when he presented his views, the leadership rejected him and said that his views were too contradictory. So they disfellowshipped him and anyone who wanted to follow him. Rip. So five five years later, in 1934, Victor decided he was going to start his own group called the Davidians, which he would later be renamed to the General Association of Davidian Seventh-day Adventists, which isn't quite as catchy. Oh, Christ alive. That one is definitely a mouthful. Yeah, right? Wouldn't you pick, like, a... I'd pick a proper, like, swingy name... Swingy. Yeah, you Pleased know. Pleased to like find swingy. Short, catchy, got a nice ring to it. The fun group. The Kates. <laughs> Everyone's called Kate. Yeah. That witch from last week, she's in it. No, no one has a name apart from me. Oh, right. Sorry. My bad. You didn't disclose that. Get with the deindividuation program ab. So, anyway, he relocated him and his followers to Waco, I think it's called, <laughs> or Waco, 
Where? I cannot remember where, what it's called. I'm going to call it Waco. Waco. Right. I googled the pronunciation, but I've just forgotten it. So Waco, I guess, in Texas, where they began to prepare for the second coming of Christ and the end times at Mount Carmel. The community was self-sustained and they lived a simple life without any entertainment. Could you imagine, sorry, if the place is actually called Waco and you're like trying to explain to your mum, you're like, Mum, it's not a cull. It's all seriously legit. Like, God, why do you think it's crazy? I'm off to Waco. <laughs> I just, I wish I could remember. I usually will spell it as it's pronounced so I don't mess it up. Mm-hmm. But you can't spell that in a different way. It's, It looks like both of them. Yeah. So Victor, Victor died in 1955. So his wife Florence took over the group. Rip. She decided that the new Messiah and the end times would be on April 22nd, 1959. At this point, the literature of Victor gained popularity, so hundreds of believers showed up. The prediction obviously failed, which split up the movement into several smaller groups, and Florence fled three years later. She fled in embarrassment. One of the smaller groups was led by a man called Benjamin Roden, who formed the Branch Davidians. Him and his group got control of Mount Carmel. He told his followers that Christ would return after they all reached a state of moral maturity. Benjamin died in 1978, and he had a son and wife, so people were like, which one do we follow? Mm -hmm. So his wife began gaining control, her name was Lois, and she began an affair with a man called Vernon Howell, who was very well liked by pretty much almost everyone in the group. Mm -hmm. So they were having an affair, and she was in her late 60s, and he was in his late 20s. Wait, they were having an affair? Yeah. Was he married? I don't think so, but I think it just means, like, because they were in the group together, they shouldn't have really been... Oh, right, right. Because it's she like she was... got remarried and cheated in this time? I think it just means, like, because everyone's worshipping her husband, and everyone's worshipping her, and she's like, this is my new guy. Yeah, right, okay. So he said that if the two had a child together, it would be the chosen one. Obviously, they didn't conceive a child because she was too old, and she died in 1986. His son George took over, but everyone liked Vernon so much that they wanted him to be in charge instead. Oh, get wrecked, George. And Vernon assisted, uh, asserted his leadership within the group within a year and took control of Mount Carmel. Upon becoming the official leader, Vernon began asserting his spiritual authority. He changed his name to David Koresh, suggesting that he had ties to the biblical king David and Cyrus the Great, because Koresh is the Hebrew version of Cyrus. Okay. So from now on, I will, I will be referring to Vernon as David, just so okay. you don't get confused. Uh-huh. So he presented himself as a messiah. He claimed that when he was a child, God had spoken to him and said, you are my messiah, you are the chosen one. It's a bit weird that he's doing this now that his wife's dead. Or his girlfriend, I don't know if they ever got married. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't you have done this before if you thought you were the Messiah, really? Well, I guess he's not. No. (laughs) He probably just didn't want the competition or, like, to freak her out, maybe. I suppose. I guess he would have looked like a bit of a dickhead if he got with this woman and then he was like, actually, me. Yeah, maybe he just was waiting for the right time Mm -hmm. and he was like, I could overthrow this guy quite easily. So he encouraged his followers to separate themselves entirely from the world, because the world is full of sins and would be distracting. The compound had no running water, heat, or electricity, and they studied the Bible three times a day. 
At the Bible study, David would sing and play guitar. Listen, right? Heat is not distracting. <laughs> Water is not distracting. And, like, you don't have to get it from the outside world. You don't have to pay a, like, company for heat. You can make fires and warm water. Maybe they did have fires, but there was no heat in the compound. Right, okay, so there was no, like, gas bill. I can't confirm whether they were making fires, right, but... okay. I was going to presume... say, like, come on, man, there are ways around it. There weren't, like, gas companies since the beginning of time. Yeah, I presume maybe they had fires, but there was no... The building wasn't heated. Right. They okay. didn't have, like, showers, and there was no electricity, so they were focused on the Bible and surviving. Sounds like uni. And David. <laughs> David encouraged the use of guns and preached an apocalyptic prophecy. He thought that the group would be under attack by the government, so he began stockpiling guns and ammunition. Which is always a bad sign. Yeah, it sounds like the, uh... What's the one that you Jonestown. Yeah. So, fun fact demonstrate how okay with guns he was. Back when he was he trying to... He married a gun. <laughs> Lois was a gun. <laughs> Back when he was trying to take over George, Lois's son, mm -hmm. George challenged David to raise the dead to prove that he was more spiritually supreme, I guess. Just because you're spiritual doesn't mean you're a necromancer. Yeah, so then George started exhuming a corpse to prove that he was supreme. Oh my god. And David used that as an opportunity to try and file legal charges against George, because obviously that's hella illegal. Fair enough. And he was told he needed evidence. So David and some of his followers took seven rifles, two shotguns, and 400 rounds of ammo to go and get evidence of George's illegal activity, but they didn't take a camera with them. So what were you going to do, David? Well, I guess they were just going to bully him into confessing. Either way, a bit of a brutal method. Yeah. So I think that kind of paints a pretty good picture either way of this guy like he wants so badly to be important and to lead the group he's just willing to do whatever he brought so many guns to try and get this guy i guess you know jailed or whatever anyway he was found innocent when he went to court and he invited the prosecutors over to mount carmel for ice cream nice so back to him being the leader he saw himself as the lamb which would come before Jesus and say, I pave the way for the second coming. So a Messiah, but not Jesus. Like, powerful, but not that powerful. Right. Not sure why he didn't just go the whole hog if he was just going to say that he was... Well, I suppose more people would be like, prove it! You know, Do a miracle. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's like, if you're going to lie to someone and say that you're royal, for example, you wouldn't say, I'm the Queen of England. You'd be like, oh, I'm Princess Anne's daughter. That's true. That's very true. It's more believable than it. So he told his followers that the world was ending, but because he was the son of God, but not Jesus, they were all chosen to survive. Mm -hmm. David took several spiritual wives from the groups, unmarried members, but in 1989 he decided that he was the perfect mate for all of the female members, so he told that his intention with his followers was to have as many children with the women in the group to create a new lineage that would rule the world, you know, because he's so powerful. Yep. If the, if the women were married to other men, they were told they had to be celebrate, celibate, oh my God, <laughs> with their husbands and only have sex with him. And if they did have sex with him, they were in the house of David, which was a massive privilege, so everybody wanted to do it. 
Christ. Women had to wear long blouses and no makeup or jewellery. David would tell Did me they when wear to pants? sleep. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> Just a blouse. I mean, I don't know. He would tell them where to sleep and what to eat, and sugar, flour, and dairy were forbidden. Some of his wives were as young as 11. Oh. And David encouraged the young girls to discuss sex at Bible studies. No. And it is also important to mention that he did have sex with the girls as young as 11 and 12. No. Fuck you, David. All the children used a pot as a toilet, which they would have to empty every day, and the children were disciplined very strictly. They'd be paddled and deprived of food, and the girls were allowed to sleep in as long as they wanted, but the boys would have to wake up at half five in the morning to march and do drills with firearms to prepare for the apocalypse. David had a troublesome childhood. He did, yeah. He was born to a girl who was, I think, 15. Right. But I didn't write it down because I didn't, you know, I didn't know if we were going to analyse his childhood, but he did, definitely <sighs> did have a troublesome upbringing, that's for sure. You're talking about sexually assaulting young children and you think I'm not going to mention his troubled childhood? He did have a troubled childhood. David also had his own children with some other women and they were disciplined in the same way so that he didn't have, like, favouritism. Right. The mother of one of David's kids beat her child so badly until he bled because he spilled a glass of milk. She said he was so, she was so under David's control that she thought it was what God wanted from her. Don't beat your child over spilt milk. My God. If the children weren't being disciplined well enough by their parents, David would give the child to a different woman to raise. So essentially everybody was a parent. As if. They were just kind of swapping their kids around. Oh my god. By this point, David Koresh had full control of everyone in the group, so much so that one of his followers publicly announced that he wanted them to be renamed to the Koreshians. Which Keep is terrifying. Keep up with the Koreshians. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> That's a show I'd watch. <laughs> In 1993, an ex-member took David to court to get custody of his kid. And during this, he talked about the child abuse that happened within the cult. So word got out to legal authorities, as well as information that David had an awful lot of illegal weapons just chilling in the compound. Jonestown. Here we are again. So on February 28th, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms and Explosives. They sound like some fun guys. Yeah, right. Imagine a party at their office. <laughs> They raided the compound to uh, execute a search warrant. But what happened next is unclear because some people say that the Davidians started it and some say that the agents started it. Uh -huh. But either way, the, ra the uh, raid resulted in a gun battle that killed five agents and five Davidians. This lasted two hours before the FBI took over instead of the agents. My goodness. What follows was a 51-day standoff oh, Christ. between the Davidians and the FBI who managed to release 19 children from the compound. Good. So they were there for, how many weeks is that? 51 days. Oh man, yes. my brain is so slow. Like seven, seven weeks. Seven weeks? That's a long days. old time. So the FBI were using a variety of tactics to try and break the Davidians down, such as shining spotlights on the property and playing agonizingly loud music to <laughs> induce sleep deprivation. <laughs> and I didn't know if you'd ask what music they'd play. Hell yeah. So they had monks chanting, the sound of rabbits being killed, or warped up music, uh, the song These Boots Are Made For Walking. Hell yeah. <laughs> Telephones ringing and Christmas carols that they would play just so loud to make them not be able to sleep. I tell you what, apart from the um, 
rabbits being killed one. I just don't really know why they threw that in there. I guess because it's disturbing. The rest of them sound like a good old party. Could you imagine being up at 4am though, like with a gun and these boots are made for walking is playing so loud that you can't hear yourself think. I would love it. Maybe you should start a cult. Oh my god. <laughs> or maybe I should work for the FBI. Maybe you should just put on some headphones. <laughs> yeah, you know you can just listen to these boots you know, walking, right? You know Spotify exists, right? <laughs> Did you ever listen to... Sorry, I'm going to go off topic. I used to have the Shrek 2 CD. Yeah, me too. And they had like one for Puss in Boots. Yes, they song. did. That was Goodness. iconic. Antonio Banderas singing These Boots Are Made For Walking. Anyways, on April 19th, 1993... The FBI moved for the final siege, losing, using large rifles and combat vehicles to combat the heavily armed Davidians. They used tear gas to flush them out, but they were only allowed to return any incoming fire, so they weren't allowed to just, you know, assault them. Several Davidians opened fire, so the FBI's response was to increase the amount of tear gas being used. When around noon, three fires broke out simultaneously. The government said that they were deliberately started by the Davidians, but the Davidian survivors said that they were started just either accidentally or by the FBI. And of the 85 Davidians in the compound when the final siege began, 76 died in various ways. Oh my goodness. In total, 82 Davidians died, including David, who was shot in the head. I mean, that doesn't sound like much of a loss, I'm not going to lie to you at this point. Yeah, and um, four or five agents died, it's unclear which right. number, yeah. and 16 were wounded. The surviving Davidians were tried in court, but they're all out of prison now. Obviously, the kids were sent to therapy and yeah. analysed and stuff, and they were so shocked at warm meals like they didn't understand it. No! And they were, I know, it's so sad. And they were drawing things while they were in therapy, and they'd either draw like an explosion and be like, you're all going to die, or they'd draw like a rainbow and be like i love david and i was like that is terrifying that is horrific yeah I, ugh. there are still two groups of branch davidians under different leadership one of them rejects the ideas of david and the other one see him as a prophet and awake uh, await his resurrection and both of them are still waiting for the end times so i don't think there's anything wrong with having a sort of group like that, as long as you're not, you know, as long as you don't start marrying all of the women and stocking up on firearms and, you know, sexually assaulting children. Oh, like, yeah, that's when it starts to get real bad. Yeah, like, if you want to live as a big community all believing in the same things, you know, you don't particularly care for, like, heat and water and stuff, that's fine. You do you, you know. As long as everyone's there kind of having a nice time, that's fine. Yeah, well, there are signs of being in a cult, isn't it? I can't think of what they all are. I could get a list up, but I feel like I wouldn't find just a straight-up answer. But one of them is definitely, like, if they try and cut you off from the outside world, if it's not a voluntary group, you know, where you can just choose to come and live there and then leave if you want to. They yeah. make it really hard for you to leave. Yeah, if it's, like, no phones, no exit... Um. What else is there? It is things like less sleep, uh, less food. Yeah, like breaking you down. Yeah. And making you do things like cut your hair so you all look the same. Or like getting rid of your individual sort of traits. Yeah. 
I I really should have got a list up to be honest. I didn't think about it, but I think there is. Well, I didn't realize we were going to talk it's about just that kind unprofessional, of thing. Abby. Oh, oh, here it is. Opposing critical thinking, isolating members, and penalizing them for leaving, emphasizing special doctrines outside of the scripture, seeking inappropriate loyalty to their leaders. That's definitely an also one, isn't it? Like when yeah. you see them as sort of a god, as opposed to just someone who is intelligent and wanting to help you. Well, it was like in, I think it was Heaven's Gate, where they would make like little things to do. I think it was Doe that was doing it, and he was just like, oh yeah, go and wait in this field, because there's going to be like, the aliens will come for you, like totally. And then at the end, they were just like, ha pranks, but now we know you're loyal, you know? Yeah. Also, dishonoring the family unit, crossing biblical boundaries of behavior, um, and separation from the church, so... When things start going a little bit crazy, I guess. What was your source? Oh, uh, The Observer, I think. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> Didn't even think of oh, The Atlantic. Right. Fair. Yeah. Fair enough. Do you want to do the scare scale for this one? Um, It's up to you. Scare. Mm, two and a half. It's How not Because it's not as scary as some of the other stories that we've mentioned. You know, yeah. Um. So, like, objectively, in the rankings, it wouldn't be very high up there, but it is still scary that you can manipulate people to do horrible things and to get into like a seven-week standoff with the FBI. You know. Yeah. Well, first of all, that is an incredibly long standoff that they were all so loyal to it, and also I think that the idea that they were all involved with the way that the children were being raised. Like, yeah. they must have known that it was bad. The mother of that guy um, that was beat for spilling his milk, mm-hmm. she said that she regretted it so much and she wished she could take it back when she used to hurt him. But she just thought that that's what God wanted because David told her that. Yeah, well, it's just what you think is right. You know, it's like... Yeah. Um, and and that doesn't make it okay. But it's like when, say, for example, hyper-religious parents will beat their kids for, like, being gay or whatever... It's not necessarily because they hate gays. It's because they think that God doesn't accept that. You know? Oh, yeah. I just mean, like, it's scary to think that you could have so much faith in one person. And I understand it. Someone is very manipulative. You know, it's not your fault for falling for that. Yeah, definitely. Because it happens. But also... I mean, your actions are still your responsibility. Oh, no, yeah. No but one I'm... has forced you to be there. But I'm sure the brainwashing is intense. Yes. Yeah. I just think it's crazy that you could see somebody and then they could like present themselves as a god so intensely that you would then hurt your child for it. It's and insane how charismatic people are when I have the charisma of a grape. Right? I feel like I'm just a squirrel on the road and this guy is like... A squirrel on the road? Oh, you're doing these awful metaphors again, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's a wild thought that you could have that and that they would all partake in it and they'd all be like, yeah, this is great and I, I can't wait to have sex with David because that makes me, like, special, you know? Yeah, it's it's really awful. It is. How dangerous. For the children, five. But, like, o- my overall rating for this will be a one. Eighty-two people died. Yeah, it was dangerous in the end, but I think they didn't have any dangerous intent although they had the weapons for if something should happen to them um they weren't 
It wasn't going to be like, in two months, we're going to go shoot up the local town, you know? Yeah. It was, you know, just the way that things panned out. I don't think that they were going to do mass suicide because it doesn't sound like it was on their regime at that time. No, it's kind of an interesting idea with this cult in it because it kind of reminds me a little bit of Jonestown, but it also reminds me a little bit of um, Manson's family. Yeah. Just in the sense of them like preparing for yeah, I something think they were with just... weapons, but obviously they were intending to, Yeah, they started hurting people. Yeah, but I don't think, I think the danger level of that cult at that time was a one. Are you going for one or are you rounding higher for the children? I'm going to go for one overall because I think there were more adults than children. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think for the group as a whole, it probably wasn't very dangerous. And, you know, the things that did happen to the children were wrong, but they did get out. Yeah, I wonder what it would be like for them living a a normal life now. It must be so different. Like, I can't imagine how you would go from not having hot meals or hot water or, you know, showering and having to get up at 5.30 every day or having to, like, you know, have sex with this old guy to then just being like, you know, here's a Barbie, <laughs> sit and watch YouTube. Yeah. It's crazy. That Yeah, it is. It, it's strange as well how, well, it's not strange, but it's fascinating how, like, they would just think that was normal. You know, yeah. and then when they're in a normal house with a normal family who are trying to raise them like other children, they just wouldn't be able to adjust the same because they're so used to that. And like the fear that they must live in about being beaten, but then nothing happens. I mean, it's hard enough when you're a kid anyway, just like if you go over your friend's house and they've got slightly different things, you know, maybe they all sit at the table for dinner and it's weird to adjust to that for like that one day that you're there let alone huge changes for the rest of your life because everyone has, you know, water. Well, not everyone, yeah. but you know what I mean. If they were being moved to a, average, like a suburban the area family in America, yeah. Yeah. yeah, they would have hot meals and running water, presumably. Exactly. It must just be a complete 180 to what you're used to. Yeah. What was something that, again, going off topic, that used to freak out if you went to someone's house and they had like different rules. Because when you said sitting at the table, like me and my family, I just have dinner with my mom most days. So we just kind of eat together, but it wasn't anything formal. Yeah. I hated when you went to someone's house and there was like five of you at the dinner table and they'd have those like sharing bowls. You hated that? Yeah, I hated it. I didn't understand it. Like just put something on my plate and let me go somewhere else. <laughs> Fair enough. I didn't really encounter that until I was older. But I'm okay with it now. But when I was a kid, I was like, what are you doing? I think what I found really weird, there was this one um, family that I was, you know, friends with. And, like, my parents are still friends with this family. So if you're listening, I do still like you. Um, and we would go over and you had to wash your hands before doing anything. Like, I understand, maybe you know, washing your hands before dinner, that's quite, like, a common thing. But if you wanted, like, a snack, like a caramel wafer or whatever, you had to... Like, the mum would be like, go and wash your hands. And you had to wash your hands before you ate, like, a wafer or something. That's crazy. Does that mean you wouldn't be able to eat it if you bought it from the shop and were, like, walking home? You'd have to wait till you got home to wash your hands to eat your I chocolate. I guess as long as your mum didn't know, you could eat it. That's such an interesting thought. I've never heard of that. But they didn't really go to the corner shop and get snacks. 
Right. Because that wasn't really a thing for us growing up. Because this was in primary school. So we used to go over to the the off-license or whatever and grab, you know, like those little aliens in the pods or like football cards or whatever. But we didn't really get like snacks and stuff. Oh, fair. We used to have like a, a little shop near my house that had sweets and things. My mum would let me go sometimes. That's sweet. I remember they used to do um little gummies, little jellies for a one penny each. Whoa. Inflation, yep. Matt. <laughs> I know, right? Okay, I'm not going to do likelihood because obviously it this happened. happened. Any other ideas or explanations that you want to cover? Not really. It was just cult, wasn't it? Yeah, just a unfortunate experience for those involved. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that. Did you enjoy that story? I did. Yeah, it was nice. I'm glad that it didn't... Obviously, things went wrong in the end, but the cult itself wasn't super awful, you know? It wasn't the cult's fault that everyone died in the end. And I'm not saying it was the the FBI's fault or whatever. It was just the way that things panned out. Yeah, well, they were in the wrong because of the child abuse and the Definitely. firearms. Definitely, yeah. But... Yeah. I kind of presume that they wanted to just to get the members out and sort of rehabilitate them. Yeah, definitely. But, well, if that's what they did with the kids, you know. Yeah, but then the fire broke out and what are you going to do? I think it's hard, though, because if you've got... So say, like, you're in a gated community and you've got the FBI outside. If you try and leave, you're going to get shot by your own people for deserting. But if you don't leave... The FBI are going to have to, you know, throw more tear gas and you're just going to get, you're just fucked either way, really. Yeah, I always think about the people who join cults when they're in the smaller stage, when they're just like a, a sweet religion practicing community. Yeah. And then it escalates like this and I'm sure you just don't even realize until it's happened, you know, how bad things have gone, how crazy things have gone and how out of control everything is. And then suddenly you're in a seven week battle with the FBI yeah well it's like that cult that you nearly got invested in accidentally sorry the art cult oh right yeah we don't talk about that (laughs) okay well if you want to hear more about cults I'm going to be covering Scientology on Patreon this week speaking of Patreon do you want to know all about it yeah go on explain to me what Patreon is Kate Patreon is your little insight to our lives (laughs) no we do um extra stories and we tell you what we're going to be covering and there will be more stuff added to patreon as we kind of get more in swing as coronavirus is sort of the restrictions are lifting we're going to be going out to different places and taking different requests and stuff but yeah you can pay as much or as little as you want a month it can be like a coffee a month or spotify a month it doesn't really matter it's just kind of nice for us to see that you care about us and hopefully we can make it our jobs one day so yeah it's kind of like a monthly donation yeah and in exchange you get stuff yeah basically yeah definitely uh, if you want to follow us on social media you can do that on facebook twitter and instagram at mitsmagicpod also if you want to tell us your haunted happenings spooky stories and terrifying tales you can email us over at mitsmagic and murder at gmail.com <laughs> Okay, I'm excited to hear about your bizarre Frenchman. All right, let's go. So my sources for my bizarre Frenchman are Wikipedia, allthat'sinteresting.com, thesprucecrafts.com, answers.yahoo.com, 
Medium.com, CVLTNation.com, and MentalFloss.com. Yahoo Answers. Yeah, that was about like a very specific fact, but I got the fact, so I thought I kind of had to include it. Yeah, that's fair. It's the same fact as the craft website one that's on there. So Okay, let's get into this. <laughs> okay. First, I'm going to ask you a question. So, have you ever been so hungry that you've gone back for seconds of whatever your dinner was? I don't want trivia for this. Have you? Yes, I have. Right? Like everyone has. Yeah, yum. We all get like that from time to time. Okay, so have you ever gotten so hungry that every single day you're on quadrupled military rations and afterwards you sift through the trash for more food? Only when I'm hungover. By the time you were teenage, did you eat your body weight in meat? Definitely not. Well, this absolute mad lad did. <laughs> mad lad. <laughs> Tara was born in France um, in around 1772. I should note here that due to poor record taking, we don't know for sure when he was born or if that was his real name or just a nickname. So, But that's what we're going to go with, Tara as his name, because I don't know anything else. Fair enough. So as I mentioned, he had a massive appetite. It got so bad that his parents forced him to leave home because they just couldn't afford the amount of food that he needed to survive. He wasn't even just a super gluttonous kid, like he was genuinely hungry all the time. And if he didn't eat that much, then he was just exhausted. That's wild. Yeah. Terrell went off on his own and made pals with some thieves and sex workers on the street. They took him in, they went around the country, begging, stealing, food, wherever he could, really guess if you got to eat that much then you got to find a way to do it eventually he got a job as a warm-up act for a charlatan for those that don't know this is someone that intentionally tricks people for money so like when people used to sell miracle tonics and it was just oil or whatever like in Sweeney Todd I guess and it's hairy growth but it's just pee in a bottle oh yeah yeah Sorry, I couldn't think of that very... Sorry, when you say Sweeney Todd, all I think of is people slitting throats. Sorry, I I remember there's this one specific song and he says, looks like piss, smells like piss, this is piss. (laughs) Right. Yeah, I remember the one. Sorry, I don't know why I mentioned that. (laughs) Anyway. So before I tell you what his warm-up act was, what would you do as a warm-up act? What do you mean? What would, I don't like you got to get the crowd going. you got to get them ready. You know, you got to entertain, bring in crowds. It's been... You're just going to spin. going to spin on the spot. I'm going to become a Beyblade. I'm just going to spin out of control on the stage. Everyone will be so shocked that they've just given me the money. <laughs> You're going to become a Beyblade. What about I hate you? you. Uh, maybe do a bit of a boogie. Bit of a dance. Yeah. I'm not very good, but it I'll would I'll spin attract. around you. Oh, goodness. The spinning act. Anyway, he would eat rocks swallow whole apples and eat live animals how did he swallow whole live animals wait <laughs> yep how big was this guy's jaw i'll get to that later oh good that was the fact <laughs> oh that good. i needed i'm not sure how popular he was for this but people love to see the craziest stuff so i guess he drew in a bit of a crowd well back in day people used to come to see you if you had like 
any sort of mild... Yeah, it was like the freaks of the circus, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, so. any sort of mild disability or anything. So I imagine that this man swallowing whole apples must have been drawing in some kind of crowd. Right. Anyway, he didn't say as a warm-up act for too long, and he started to make it on his own as a street performer in Paris. He would perform his act of eating the weird and wonderful day in and day out, until one day he had a severe bowel obstruction, which... I imagine I'm surprised that he didn't have that any sooner, to be honest. Man's eating rocks every day. Anyway, I guess that's just the risk of the grind for him. <laughs> the risk of the grind. What's so funny to me is that like this guy must have just been doing this and someone was like, I would pay to see that. And he was like, <laughs> wait a minute. I can get paid for this. I can get paid for snacking. Yeah, he was fine though. The doctors at the hospital gave him laxatives, and then afterwards, when he was feeling all right, he joked about eating the surgeon's watch to prove he was fine. To which the surgeon replied, if you eat my watch, I'll cut it out of you with my sword. (laughs) So. I mean, fair. At least he's being truthful. I suppose Terrell wasn't super charismatic. I can't imagine how it must have looked, though, going down the streets of Paris, (laughs) seeing this, like, very slim guy absolutely tucking in on just whatever there was. Huge bowler. Yeah, he just sees like a piece of trash on the street. He's like, yoink, that's for me. When he was 17, he only weighed seven stone and two pounds. Wow. And man's eating like everything. Every that's day. crazy. Yeah. He would literally eat his own body weight daily. How do you even... T- wow. Yeah. It's hard to tell how much he actually weighed though, because if he hadn't eaten, his stomach skin would be so loose that he could wrap it around his waist. Who is this guy? Tara. <laughs> Tara. See you later. Yeah, if he did eat, his stomach would kind of balloon out. Yeah. I was making the most horrific. I just don't understand ways. how this person existed. This is crazy. He was obviously made for eating, though, because he had an unusually wide mouth, and when his jaws were fully open, there was a four-inch gap between them. Oh my gosh. (laughs) That's about one hand width. You know, like when you measure horses, it's in hands. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Speaking of his mouth, he had extremely sharp teeth and some saggy skin here as well. So when his cheeks were stretched out, he could hold 12 eggs in his mouth. Did they crack? Well, I imagine not. That's insane. Because anyone can hold 12 cracked eggs in their mouth, can't they? I mean, I probably couldn't. I have quite a small little mouth. Also, you have the worst gag reflex, so probably not. Maybe he was just putting them in his throat for storage. If this wasn't off-putting enough, he also fucking stank. (laughs) What? Why? (laughs) A report in the London Medical and Physical Journal said that you could smell him from 20 paces off. And if he ate then it, you smell even worse. Could you imagine being like, that guy over there stinks and he eats rocks, and then like <laughs> when you see him in the street, you're like, quick, everyone get out of the way, it's stinky rocky, man. Come stanky rock, man. <laughs> what makes it worse is that he stanks so bad that a literal vapour could be seen rising off of his body. As if. As well as this, he was very hot to touch, and he also had chronic diarrhoea, which was, quote, Fetid beyond all conception. Maybe he was just a demon or something. <laughs> right? 
This man, he's absolutely crazy. Anyway, even though the grossest man to grace the earth was Tarar, he was accepted into the French Revolution Army, and as I said earlier, he ate through all of their food. The doctors in the army were like, something's up with this guy. So Dr. Corville was like, I'm going to see how much this guy can eat. <laughs> so he, so Tarar was normally restrained at mealtimes. Oh my god. Why did they let him in the army? They were like, oh, this is going to be really funny. He's going to stink out the Here enemies. Here comes huge man. <laughs> yeah, so, but this time they let Tarar loose. On a meal made no. on a meal made for fifteen labourers, he ate the whole meal, which was two huge meat pies, plates full of grease and salt, and four gallons of milk. What an absolute mad guy. Then he went to sleep. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Why not? What else are you gonna do? You can't do any exercise, can you? You're stuffed to the brim. Obviously shook. Corville was like, right, let's keep testing him. So I love that he did this. Like, for what reason? They were just like, (laughs) release him. Release the hounds. So he ate a live cat. No. Snakes. Whoa. Lizards. And puppies. All without hesitation because he was so hungry. That is, first of all, terrifying and disgusting. And second second of all, like, literally... First of all, how are you that hungry? Sorry. I'm taking it back. <laughs> Sorry, you're a big fatty. <laughs> no, like, how, do you, how are you so hungry that you see a puppy and you're like, I'm going to eat that? He's just hungry, aren't you? Yeah, but when I'm hungry, I don't look at a dog and go, mm. Yeah, but he was, like, starving. I think I'll just grab it. He was, like, absolutely starving. You know, like, when people are stranded and they get so hungry they end up like eating the other person or something because they're like on the brink of death like i have never experienced such hunger luckily but i can imagine what that actual heck yeah he was so hungry also why were they giving him this when they were like "Mm, let's test him why didn't they just make him a big cake or something why were they like it's a snake it's a cat and it was horrible he also ate well he swallowed an entire eel Ew. Yeah. That's just slippery. (laughs) Right? I don't like eels at the best of times. So the army, for some reason, was like, perfect, just what we need. (laughs) An eating machine. (laughs) Swallow the enemies. (laughs) Let's make him swallow our important documents whole, and then shit them out where they need to be delivered. Wait. Yeah. Okay, my first thought with this, when you said that, was like, he's like the... You know when they made Captain America like the perfect soldier? Like... (laughs) Like, they've got, like, Kirby <laughs> running down the, the battlefield, like, <gasps> he's just swallowing Yeah, this is going to be a really obscure reference. Oh, no. But did you ever watch that episode of Phineas and Ferb on Disney Channel where they make a Perry... I think Dr. Doofenshmirtz makes a Perry the Platypus machine. No. And he makes lots of Perry the Platypuses. And he has the perfect one, and then he also has Jerry the platypus. Oh yes, I have. Who's like the the opposite, he's like the worst one. He's like the opposite of Captain America. And they make this perfect super soldier <laughs> who can like punch people, and then they accidentally made this guy who just like swallows things. <laughs> and stinks. But like, I guess he could still do a good job. Mm-hmm. Why is he swallowing documents? Well, so is that like... how it works? <laughs> you just poop it out whole? Well, Did he shit t- out whole cat? Shush! Oh. They tested him um, by putting a 
piece of rolled up paper into a wooden box and then making him swallow the wooden box. <laughs> what? Yeah, because he was just fine to do that. And then he pooped it out and they opened the box and the paper was fine. He, sh- he pooed the whole box. How big's this guy's butthole? Huge. You don't even want to know. <laughs> Does he not have any stomach acid? That's what I was thinking throughout this, but... So he's just, when he ate that eel, he then swallowed, like, shot out, like, a whole eel. Well, I'm sorry know. if this is the first episode you're listening to when we're talking about this. Right. Sorry. Shitting out a whole eel. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Because I suppose, um, like, flesh and animal material would be easier to digest than wood. I don't know if your body could digest wood. So he was just pooping out rocks? Yeah. Well, you can't digest a rock. Are you mad? I don't understand this. Yeah, so I think I think he would um, digest the sort of fleshy things that he was eating. Apparently, he loved snake meat, by the way, in case you wanted to know. Interesting. Don't know what that tastes like. Me neither. I imagine chicken, because everything tastes like chicken. Anyway. Yeah, so I imagine the, the non-digestibles would just come through. It's like... Um, if you watched any medical drama or whatever and someone swallowed like a ring and they're just like, well, we gotta wait for it to pass. True, yeah. I wonder how big this box was. Anyway, sorry. It probably wasn't huge. It was like a huge wooden chest. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I doubt that. But anyway, so yeah, they were like, perfect. We can use him. Tarao was happy to give it a go. But on his very first mission, he was immediately captured by Prussians. So the deal with the mission was, basically, this guy had been captured by Prussians, so Tarao was supposed to go in and pretend to be, like, German, right? And just, like, a civilian. Except he couldn't speak any German. So then <laughs> everyone was like, this guy ain't German. And then the Prussian authorities were alerted, and they captured him. And he wouldn't tell him on the first day. He was like, nah, nah, I'm not telling you I'm here. Go away. I'm not doing it. Let me go. And then they, like, whipped him a bunch. And then the next day he was like... Alright, I'd swallow this this box and now I'm gonna shit it out for for the informant on the inside. But then the note that he had swallowed was just kinda like a dummy note. It was just like a let me know when you've got this note thing. It didn't have anything important in it. And then the Prussians were really annoyed because obviously they'd spent all of this time with this guy and then it was just a dummy note anyway. He should just eat him. <laughs> Whole. So they took him to the gallows and put a noose around his neck. Because they found out about it. But then they just let him go instead of hanging him. Fair enough. They're like, we've scared this guy enough. All he does is eat. It's fine. Also, he fucking reeks. He's not doing any harm. Just get me away from him. (laughs) Not everyone in his life just accepted that he was like this and forever would be. So people did try and cure him. Some of the cures given were laudanum, which is opium. Okay. But not like concentrated opium. White vinegar, tobacco pills, and one doctor gave him large quantities of soft-boiled eggs to try and stop his hunger. Literally, what would that do? Right? He ate a box and he was okay, but these eggs are going to cure him. Right? Anyway, none of the diets that he was put on stuck because he was often found scavenging for offal right outside the butcher's shop. Like, he would literally go through trash piles. Originally, when he joined the army, they gave him, like, normal rations. And he was going through, like, the dumpsters. (laughs) Just looking for food because he was so hungry. That's wild. 
Also a couple times, he was found drinking patients' blood and munching on bodies in the morgue. Ew. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Okay, I get the... Okay. Uh-huh. One second, I have to digest this. Yep. Ha. Um... <laughs> Why was he drinking blood? What's that? Is that does that cure hunger? I feel like it doesn't. Well, also, he would just literally eat anything because he was also found in the um, infirmary bit. So you know, if you get a cut and there's sort of that like padding stuff that they put on it, yeah, you'd eat that. Whoa! That sort of like you know the the moist stuff that they just like slap on it. This sounds like the weirdest episode of My Strange Addiction, right? I ate a dead body, also a rock, also... <laughs> yeah, medical gauze. Yeah. The other doctors weren't best impressed, because obviously he was chewing on dead bodies. Imagine going down to the morgue and you're like, oh, dude, you again? <laughs> He's just like chomping on a foot. And they wanted to send him to an asylum, but the surgeon-in-chief of the hospital was like, nah, it's fine. It's what? It's fine. Shush. It's fine. Mm. Shush, shush, shush. Mm, feel- it's fine. Okay. Ah, it's fine. I am chief. It's fine. Anyway, then a 14-month-old child went missing. Oh, no. And Terrell was removed from the hospital shortly after. Oh, my God. Did he eat a baby? Well, he was never charged with the murder, but everyone thought it was him. Oh, my God. He ate a baby. Yeah, probably. Oh my god, dude, you ate a baby. You yeah. can't just do that. Yeah, he probably just straight up ate a baby. Oh my god. Dude, yeah, you know. can't just... Yeah, I think man ate a baby. Sorry. Anyway, four years after these shenanigans, in 1798, Terrell passed away due to tuberculosis. An autopsy... So, he thought that... The t- oh, right. He thought that the tuberculosis was because he ate a golden fork. What? Not long before... So, and then he died and an autopsy was performed and it was found that he had a really large gullet, so like throat, liver, stomach and gallbladder. He also like, this is really gross, but he was like filled with pus and he had so many ulcers in his stomach, probably from eating fucking rocks for literal years. Probably. The fork was not found, and but there was nothing more substantial than this. I love old... I'd like to do, like, a maybe a mini episode or something, you know, on the way um, doctors and stuff back in day would just say the most random shit. Yes. Why did he think that he got tuberculosis from eating a fork? That literally makes no sense. He ate so many things, but he was like, this fork is what's saying. Well, he thought that the fork had got lodged in his stomach and was giving him an infection. Okay. So it's kind of understandable, but there was no fork. But he ate a box and a rock. Okay, it doesn't matter. He doesn't know. Maybe what he only he's ate about. smooth rocks, like pebbles. Possibly. Anyway, so people think, like now looking back, that maybe he had hypothyroidism because it could explain the sweating and eating and hot body temperature. Um, others think that he had damage to his amygdala, which is a part of the brain, because it can cause excessive hunger. Um, because it's kind of just like. It tells you when to stop eating, so I guess if his was damaged, it just wouldn't. Yeah, I saw a show with a child on. You know those shows where it's like, my hell child, or whatever? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know the exact name, but it's like, when the, when the kid my is just... My child sucks. When the kid is just like, 
just the worst and mm-hmm. they can't figure out why. Yeah. And there was this one kid and she was so hungry all the time that she would like just go through all the cupboards and like eat everything and they had to get locks on them. And the doctor was like, she just doesn't realize that she's full. Like she cannot feel full. Yeah. So she constantly thinks she hasn't been fed even though she has had dinner and breakfast and everything else. Yeah. So it it could be that. However, we won't know. And no one could really find out very much at the time. Obviously, it was the very, very end of the 1700s. So things about the brain weren't really weren't really known as much. But also because his body rotted extremely quickly after death. He sounds like a fake person. Right? He sounds like some kind of demon or some kind of a horrible monster or something. Right. Because of this. I'm sure he was a lovely guy. But mm. I don't really understand how... Man ate live cats. How lovely can you be? Mm, I don't really understand how... And also a baby, Kate. Well, I yeah. don't know how you can have all of these qualities and then just disappear at the end. Oh, rotting. Bye. <laughs> Gotta go. Bye. So, not to put like a spanner in the works, but it is hard to tell how much of this is true. Like I said, it was a while ago. So... People said, sort of when he was 17, that he appeared to be sane, you know, even though he was eating all this crazy stuff, like mentally he seemed fine. But obviously back in the 1700s, the understanding of mental illness differed completely to what we see as mental illness now, you know? Not that I think he fits a category perfectly. Yeah. Because it still doesn't make very much sense, but you don't know what other things there were that just didn't get mentioned. And also, I imagine a lot of people in the army did not like him because he stank and he kept eating everyone's food. Yeah, he probably wasn't good to work with. Yeah, and like, you know, his parents might have kicked him out for another reason. Like, it's hard to tell where the story's so old and where he probably didn't have a lot of fans back in the day. It's hard to tell how much is true, but that is generally accepted. I think I'd like to believe that. I think like is a strong like word. No, I mean, do I want a man to have, have a four-inch mouth and ate a baby? No, but <laughs> but it's if it happens, it happened. If it exists, then I'll let it be. <laughs> so, yeah, now you know why I was absolutely cackling to myself when I was doing this. What was the question on Yahoo Answers? It was how big is his mouth, and then I wanted to know like what four inches equated to so i was looking up like animals that are four inches and stuff but i couldn't find anything and then i found the horse hand thing on the craft website but it was the yahoo answers that like led me there yeah that's quite a bit the average person can put three fingers in their mouth facing like this i can put four in my mouth whoa yeah all right you're gonna eat an eel <laughs> hell yeah I'm gonna swallow a 14 month infant how crazy is that it's actually crazy hit me with that scale man's a ginormous snake anyway scare five terrifying absolutely terrifying if i knew a guy that could eat whole cats whole babies eat a box and then poop it out perfectly that's literally one of the scariest things i can imagine who has that much power abby's new phobia and he's stinky good lord (laughs) Stinky swallow man. Horrific. Just the worst. <laughs> Danger. <laughs> this is the scariest thing is we've ever talked about. This is going to be the top rated that we've ever talked about. Fives across the board. <laughs> Are you serious? Danger. I'm going to give him like. Oh my goodness. <laughs> C 
Siri, get out of here. Danger, I'm going to give him like a four. Okay. Because he didn't eat a live, fully grown human, and that's what I am. But he did eat an infant <laughs> and a dead person, so he's still also, obviously... he drank people's blood. Mm, like yeah, patient's blood. I can let that slide, In the hospital. But... <laughs> but... The doctors would just come in and he was doing bloodletting with them. If it happens, then let it be. But What does that mean? I don't want to be eaten whole by this man. Oh, you're not into vor with Tara. To be honest, I feel like even if he did eat you whole, you'd just come out normal anyway. You would not. He still had stomach acid. He didn't. He was just like... He wasn't just a tube. (laughs) He wasn't. No. Yeah, I'll give him a I'll give him a four because the fact that he could have eaten a baby is horrific. What What do you think the likelihood is that it happened the way that I said that it happened? I'm gonna give it a three because three. I don't think that it's credible enough to give it a five, but I I want to believe it because it's so ridiculous. Fair enough. Yeah, it was in like some journals and stuff of like medicine and whatever, but I'm not sure whether they met him. Or whether it was just like word of mouth, you know what I mean? Yes. Any alternatives? Well, you already said demon. <laughs> Some kind of demon. Big human snake. Big human snake. Anything else? Just tube. Tube. Um, That thing you said with the brain. The amygdala damage? Yes. I think it definitely could have been that. Do you think it's hypothyroidism as well? I feel like it's a bit extreme for hypothyroidism. I don't know anyone who has that that is, like, eating, you know, animals and rocks. All right. Just to put this out there, I know it's slightly different, but my cat used to have hypothyroidism. Did it eat a baby? And yes, she also had dementia, (laughs) but she was really old. She was, like, 17. Oh, bless. Yeah. So, but she would eat everything that she saw. Okay, then yeah, put it down. Yeah. Anything else? No. Just, just, I don't know. <laughs> Do you have any ideas? I don't, I don't know what this... I have a clue. <laughs> Thanks for sending this in for the request. Thank because you this is so much. made my week, to right? be honest. Researching this has been the most fun. <laughs> I was so excited to tell Abby. Well, I'm excited that it is done, I guess. Yeah, well... Don't listen before bed. Listen to before bed. <laughs> listen to bed. Don't eat a baby. Tube. <laughs>